Hi, and welcome to the Healing After Birth podcast. This is your host, creator, and author of the Healing After Birth program and guidebook. In today's episode, I interview Beth Martins, business coach, archetype geek, and mom against the odds. Beth is the creator of the Merpreneur's Journey that maps out the value of a woman's life purpose. She knows her calling is a life or death thing. After eight trips to India and a three-year losing battle with cancer, she used archetypes to claim the hidden, denied, and disowned parts of herself and saved her life after being told she wouldn't survive. Today, a mum against the odds and impassioned champion for the value of a woman's life purpose, she shows healers, teachers, coaches, and artists how to journey with archetypes to create divinely aligned businesses. She works with merpreneurs, women who bravely dive into self-work and care deeply about this planet to be valued to make their contribution to the greater good so they can fulfill their sacred contract and not have to crash from going in too many directions to save the world. Beth believes in our right to live in freedom from economic slavery and dreams of helping a million merpreneurs make their life's work a part of to returning humanity back to a natural state. Visit her website at www.bethmartins.com to hear her story and do a free Merpreneur Archetype quiz to learn where you are on your journey. So let us begin. I'd like to welcome Beth Martins to our show as we unpack the concept of resilience, thriving, and surviving in the postpartum period. Today's episode, Beth is coming on to our show as as a mom, and she's here to talk to us about her lived experience of birth, and in particular, having had an empowering birth story and the challenges faced in her postpartum period. And I just want to um, acknowledge that Beth and I have known each other now for about 17 years, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. And when I first met Beth, I was um, at home in Winnipeg. And as we were just chatting, Beth was saying I'd had my Keenan in arms, my first child in arms. And I met Beth um, in a health food store and learned that she was a two-time survivor of cancer. Well, at that time, actually, Beth, when I met you, you um, had just um, moved into remission. And then soon after that, you were diagnosed again with cancer. And so Beth and I, um, I guess our, our relationship started to develop when I would show up at your house and we would do yoga and we would juice and we would sing some kirtan. And at that time, I um, it was shortly after I'd given birth to my second child. And so that was kind of the beginning of our relationship. And, and I don't want to get too much into that because I want Beth to have the opportunity to really share her journey of motherhood with our listeners. So I want to welcome you, Beth, to our show today. Thank you so much for having me, Jen. This is just wonderful. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. This, is, this could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you begin and... Um, you know, wherever you want to start in terms of um, sharing with our listeners your journey into motherhood. 
Yeah, so it it all started uh, in a way with doctors telling me after, as you mentioned, I'm a cancer survivor, went through a second diagnosis when they told me I wasn't going to survive. Uh, I'd already been through 11 months of chemotherapy and I headed into from there now, uh, then daily chemotherapy treatments. And when I hit the wall and they said, okay, you know, the only way you're going to survive this is with a stem cell transplant, then it really was the moment when I had to step back and go, okay, you know, what's, what is this between me and my soul? And it became a, a, a very different question of rather than just following, oh, their odds say I have half a chance to live. So I just, uh, you know, it started a very deep inward journey for me at, at that time. And uh, I was at, at, at the moment, I accessed a whole world, as you know, in archetypes. And that's how I made my decision, in fact, not to get that treatment. And the, the short story is I survived against the odds that literally by awakening a single archetype, I went into remission and I never, ever had to look back. Now, the interesting part is that, you know, I still had a few follow-up appointments with them, which I quickly canceled because, man, when you're in that medical system, it's a, it's a kind of vortex, as I, I think you know also. Hmm. And um, so they told me at that time that uh, because I was starting to think, like, maybe I want to have a baby. I never in my life even had hmm. that thought. I thought I didn't want to have kids. I thought it was the opposite. And when I talked to them about it, they said, you're likely not to get pregnant after all the treatments you've been through. And it was a kind of like, wow, I can't believe you're telling me this now. Because <laughs> mm. it was the first I'd ever heard of it after three years of treatments. Mm. So it was, uh, it was one of those moments. But I could still feel this calling, literally, from beyond. I'd had uh, several dreams about having a child and there was just this like real openness. I can even feel it right now. I better be careful. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then honestly within, I think it was four weeks I was pregnant. Wow. There was just something when I opened up to it and, uh, and there it was, you know, blam, the, my kid, my mm. kid was just literally waiting for an opening. Mm. So that was, that was a beautiful thing to, I always like proving the stats and the odds wrong. Just the, the mm. rebel in me loves that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, went, went through quite a pregnancy. You were around at that time. It was, it was uh, a, a huge journey for me because I'm not the kind of person that, as you can already have heard, as your listeners heard, that I, I don't just take medical advice and follow it blindly. It's never against anybody that does. I've got lots of family that. Hmm. So, you know, I went, I went through a very unusual pregnancy by some people's standards. Um, I had midwives, but they actually ended up firing me from a, a home birth because like literally served me papers, wouldn't even just pick up the phone and tell me they were having trouble. But uh, because I didn't want to go through a lot of the the testing and the you know the things that happen at birth, the poking and the prodding and the checking and the everything, I just thought, you know what, this is this is between me and my baby, and if we're in trouble, I'm going to know it, and mm. I'd be you know at that point, I packed a hospital bag, I was totally prepared for anything, you know, just worked through all my fears like crazy. And was able to birth at home in water and it, uh, absolutely, you know, not beautiful. I screamed all, I screamed the whole way, <laughs> 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 but everything worked out 
beautifully in terms of, you know, just had a, had a very, you know, beautiful, healthy baby and, uh, and, and the, the birth itself was successful. But um, as we talked about a little bit before, really, women spend so much time preparing for their birth when really they should be preparing for motherhood because that's mm. way harder. Yeah, yeah, that is a message <laughs> that I am sending out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I'm totally, mm-hmm. totally supporting that then. Mm. Yeah. So, so continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so we're with you on this journey of um, you having had an empowering, um, unassisted birth experience, mm-hmm. um, in which, um, as you said, was still full of the raw power and intensity of giving birth. This wild energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now you're you're meeting and greeting your baby. Yeah, it was, it was like a wow. I, I literally saw, as I'm sitting there nursing for the first days, I saw the road, the two roads, <laughs> you know, split off. And there I was going off on this road, and that road was gone. The second road was gone. And it, it was a, it was a, a, a serious wake-up moment for me. Uh, I also saw what 24-7 means. You know, never in my life had I been responsible hmm. to anything 24 7 and this was like a, a major growing up even though at the time I was uh how the heck old was you were I in your 40s yeah. weren't you yeah I was <clears throat> I was 39 when I birthed actually so yeah mm, just about okay. 40 just about 40 mm-hmm. so just seeing that responsibility also I was a single mother and uh, I actually had yes. no idea if the dad was going to be in the picture he, you know god bless him he did end up being in the picture but at the time uh, mm-hmm. I remember calling him after the birth and he said I, he was going to go and check himself into the hospital. And I'm like, okay, dude. <laughs> All right. You know, I was good by that. I prepared myself. I'd surrounded myself with community, which has been an ongoing strategy for me to, to survive difficult experiences. And, uh, and then, you know, how can a dad not show up when, especially when the kid looks exactly like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah welcome to genetics yeah. <laughs> that's it that's it mm-hmm. so yeah mm-hmm. it was it was really it was really intense and really hard because we live in such an artificial upside down culture that uh you know my mom showed up for two weeks uh I want to say a little bit about how you know even though the midwives had fired me from this home birth I was in a very powerful position during that pregnancy and came up with all kinds of energy to stand up for myself and speak my truth. And, uh, and I actually managed to get them to stay on board for postpartum care, which turned out to be like the best thing ever because they, Mm. they showed up at my house for six weeks, helping, Mm. helping me out. Uh, That was a miracle, you know, and it would have been easy to just go like full on rebel and reject that whole system but that's mm-hmm. never in your best interest. So I was able to just walk that fine line. And, uh, you know, those, the, the midwives were like actually scared and dysfunctional before the birth. But after the birth, they were full on, like, very loving professionals. Mm-hmm. So that was, mm-hmm. that was a beautiful thing. So I'm just going to slow down our conversation a little sure. bit and introduce interject because there's there's a ton of rich um material in this lived experience of yours Mm. and and uh sometimes we just move through the story so quickly Mm. (laughs) 
we miss the depth of it. And, you know, so I want to highlight a few things that I heard you say. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one was, first of all, you're a two-time survivor of cancer that was told you'll never have children. Mm -hmm. And you overcame the odds. And out of that, I'm hearing there's this fierceness was was born and maybe it was already already there but this fierceness was born in which you developed some kind of confidence in your um, capacity to listen to your body mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which i'm really hearing informed the decisions that you made mm -hmm. in terms of prenatally um, which is an incredibly challenging I don't want to call it a skill, but it's a, it's a challenging knowing for so many of us because we're so disconnected from our body's knowing. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, and it's, you know, what's behind our body is life itself. And, mm -hmm. and that's the fierceness, right? That uh, at the time, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore, but at the time I was a yoga teacher and Kirtan Singer, as you talked about and uh, I thought mantras and yoga were so powerful, but when I got pregnant and went through that birth, it was like step aside, life's coming through. <laughs> and that's, that's the fierceness that I was able to, like you said, instead of listen to everybody that's like just going, oh, take drugs and this is terrifying and you're going to need to be saved from this experience. It was like, no, I'm going to go in because there's a lot of energy coming through me. <laughs> <laughs> well and and you nailed it um we don't always talk about the massive amount of life force and energy that is flowing through us as we are giving birth mm -hmm. and you know one of my perceptions is that it is this amount this enormous amount of energy that terrifies us mm -hmm. um, and overwhelms us mm -hmm. because we don't know how to be with it we don't know how to navigate it we don't know how to step out of the way or like you said go in to to bring forth life on this planet yeah it's because we haven't been taught to identify with it right we we see it as something separate something uh formidable terrifying dangerous because it is so huge it is like mm -hmm. it, it you know if there's any it it made me stop thinking about God so much and just go, no, it's life, right? Like this is the force of life that shines this sun and moves waters and the tides, right? That mm. it, it, mm. That's the power. It's not, it's not really even mystical at that level. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And, and, but what I'm hearing you say, and we'll move on to your postpartum, but you know, this, this, point where that life energy is coming through us it's not an individual life energy mm -hmm. it's it's the cosmos you got it you got it like that's so huge yeah and when you no, mm -hmm. and, yeah. and when you see yeah when you see that in yourself and allow yourself to identify as that because that's actually the truth of it then you do end up kind of fierce you end up you know like I was uh, never that shy about standing up for my rights, but that's not true because when I went through my treatments, I, I was bullied into all kinds of stuff. I really like, and I want to, I don't want to make it like they bullied me is I, mm -hmm. I laid down and let myself be bullied out, mm. out of a place of fear. Thank you. And, uh, and then at this point I'd been through all of that and it's like, no, I'm going to stand up for life. 
That's, it's not, not my beliefs. It's not my feelings. It's not my preferences. I had preferences. That's, that's never going to go away, but it's the, it's the life itself that really is the thing we have to all bow down to. Oh my goodness. I I have tears. Mm. Truly just, just, you know, even changing the conversation from I'm standing up for birth to I'm standing up for life. Yay. It's a very different conversation. Yeah. 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 And it's not so personal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's collective. Amazing. And that's, that's the thing. We all share this. We all could relate. So, yeah. You got it. Yeah. Mm, beautiful. So I'd like to just take that energy into your postpartum and, and unpack that a little bit more to give us a lived experience of what you started to notice in that, in that immediate and um, longer term postpartum period. Yeah. So the, you know, when the, when the, as if crisis of it, like even though a good birth, it's still, it's still a kind of crisis, like life turns inside Mm. out. You literally are barely capable of uh, fulfilling your own needs. Like going to the bathroom becomes a luxury (laughs) shower is really like going to the spa um, you know, so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. And, mm-hmm. and so it gets you down. It, it's actually in itself, despite it being such an artificial situation, how isolated we can be with our, with our newborns and children. It actually, I was able to use it. And this is, this is a big theme that no matter what ways that I've faced adversity, I'm going to use it to evolve my soul because that's the purpose of being on this planet in the first place and being in these bodies and having children or doing anything. And mm-hmm. so I remember asking myself, like, you know, what, what could be the point of, of this totally sleep deprived? Like, cause honestly, I didn't sleep. Uh, my, my son nursed every 75 minutes for two years. Right. So I, I, mm-hmm. I didn't have a night's sleep for more than two years. By that point, to- by that point, I was complete insomniac. <laughs> And, and right. uh, I, I didn't even sleep after he did, but uh, that's a, a different story. Um, but uh, along the way. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm just, <laughs> I'm relating. I remember saying, you know, 10 years into motherhood, I finally woke up um, <laughs> from being in a sleep deprived fog, right? Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and then I spent another 10 years having to relearn how to sleep through the night. right. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was asking God, like, wh- you know, what's, what's the wisdom here of having a completely sleep deprived, uh, foggy, practically brain dead person in care, <laughs> in care of an infant? What is the, like, what's the deal here? I'm, I'm really open, God, to like you telling me what's, mm. what's the deal. And the answer that I heard at that point was really about this soul's evolution. It's like, okay, you're, you're up against, you're up against a wall that you don't think you can get past, right? Mm. It's one of those, what could be full stops for people where they bail out, where they, Mm. you know, they, they quit. Like it happens the odd time where moms just decide, Mm -hmm. no, I can't do this. And it makes you find reserve that you didn't know existed. And you get past that place where our ego is going like, no, I can't. And it's like, no, you can is always the answer. So mm. getting, getting to that place, it, it's even though I shouldn't have been in that position, you know, by like, if it was a right situation, it wouldn't have been so isolated. But mm. the, 
the truth of it is I did get to the other side and I started to really, you know, start to access community. Your, yourself was among them. I, I had the, um, the good fortunes of having a whole bunch of friends that were involved in the birth, the natural birth, birth world in some way and was able to connect with one person in particular, a very close friend of both of ours, Sherry Rothwell. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we basically built community between us. And, mm-hmm. you know, in that way, it was such a fortunate circumstance of sharing values, sharing the, you know, when it came to supper on the table, we actually agreed on what quality of food would be nourishing to us and our families. Mm-hmm. And we were able to share our responsibilities with with parenting. Like there were times where we would have, you know, a day I would have uh, her kids for the entire day so that she could take care of herself and her business. We were both, we're both business nerds. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, single mom, I I was completely self-employed. There was no mat leave for me, Mm. right. Financially, absolutely uh, destitute relying on my grandma uh, and Mm. social assistance at that point, just to pay rent and, and make, and make ends meet. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty fast where I decided or not decided, but I knew, okay, like I got to, I've got to earn income here. I've got to get out of this hole that I'm in. And then by, by connecting with other like-minded people, it on not, not just a, like a hobby level or an interest level, but on, I call it convivial, right? Where, where we are uh, connected at, at a, a much more closer to life level of, of like eating and raising children and the air we breathe and the thoughts we think and, um, just sh- mm. that that sharing of life became such a, mm. a, a like a absolute lifeline for me. You know, I had I had uh, I was always on the look to connect with this person or that person. It was it was an amazing experience. I found going out to playgrounds, and you think, okay, well, there's a bunch of mums here, there's a bunch of parents, and mm. and for the most part, they didn't want to connect. There was this like, you know, look down, look away. Um, real fear around connection. And then I just, okay, I'm in the wrong playground here. <laughs> but I knew, mm-hmm. I, I knew it held the keys for me. I knew it held the keys and, and I persisted and stayed with it and then was able to get very established in a, in a much more community style life where uh, mm-hmm. my family wasn't as involved. Right. The community was. So, so I'm, Thank you for sharing all of that. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of floating back in my mind, connecting back to this, to this part of you in the postpartum where you're a single mom and you're sleep deprived and you're having to learn all of these skills and these you know, new ways of being in relationship to another mm-hmm. on your own. Mm-hmm. And... And, you know, I know that these are places where moms experience some of the greatest terror, some of the greatest loneliness, some of the greatest darkness, right, are, are during these times that we, you know, talk about in terms of isolation and sleep, sleep deprivation. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, um, you're financially vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got all the big ones stacked up against you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you're also vulnerable in the sense that you, you've already um, been at the edge of death. Mm-hmm. 
um, you know, which of course can be the greatest awakening, but let's be realistic here. Um, You know, so, so I'm, I'm just trying to get this imagined felt sense and for our listeners to really tune into that, because what you're talking about here is incredible resilience. Mm. Um, and yeah, and, and a real drive to thrive and, you know, you found your way mm-hmm. and I'm a big believer in our innate wisdom that there is within us this, um, already knowing that we know how to find our way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my perspective is that motherhood, um, pushes us to the edge and it, it pushes us to, especially in the postpartum, mm-hmm. but it journeys us there throughout the entire time that we're a mother, mm-hmm. you know, and it pushes us to the edge of our discomfort and it challenges us in ways that we can never have anticipated or prepared for. Mm-hmm. And like you said, in the depths of those dark nights, you know, what is the purpose? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm just curious what your perspective is. I have my own, but I'm curious what your perspective is. I mean, I heard you say it's, um, you know, to awaken the soul. Um, I'm just wondering if you could speak more to like this purpose of motherhood, this purpose of all this shit we go through in the postpartum. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's beautiful because I wanted to say this in addition that, you know, when in those in those first months, especially where again, going to the bathroom and having a shower was a luxury. There was part of me that despite the hardship, despite everything stacked against me, I was actually happier than I'd ever been. And and this is something I experienced uh, on my deathbed, what I, what I thought was my deathbed when I was told I was not going to survive. And I had something of a near-death experience, although I didn't actually see mm. the lights that, uh, that are very you know, stereotypical for that experience. But I thought it was my time and I let go to it. I surrendered to it. I just like, okay, mm. I just stopped fighting. I'm going, okay, this, it's it. it. You know, I'll just, I'll just go with it, whatever it means. Mm. And in that place, when, when everything was gone, and at the time I had lost everything too. This is an ongoing theme for me. Uh, you know, literally nothing was left. I had ended up having to sell my house to pay health bills uh, my car got stolen for some reason. It was gone. Um, you know, I was living in my parents' Just bedroom. happened to get I know, stolen. I know, I know. It was craziness. <laughs> I know. It was like, poof, gone, right? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it was like just, you know, and then, and then uh, all the things that I was hanging on to just about like, okay, well, I can still sing. As you know, I, I love to sing and uh, write songs and stuff like that. So like all of a sudden my body can't even sit up anymore and I can't hold a guitar and like it just everything had fallen through my fingers that I that I identified myself as and with and so when it all completely fell away and I surrendered to it I saw myself like I saw who I actually am and it's none of those things that I had identified myself with and this is exactly what happened in the first months of of the um having my baby is that I was effectively, I felt like a realized being because I had no ego. And it was like that I had no luxury of having an ego at that point. It came back by the way. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but at that time there was this just like, wow, to be, 
to be so fully in service that I, you know, to entertain my own problems, my own dislikes, my own preferences, my own like, hmm, she said this or did that. It just wasn't, it wasn't uh, a luxury I could afford at that point. And, and not having that luxury as if being forced into that egoless place. Now, now, there's two ways you can take that. You can fight against that and you can go into deeper and deeper misery. Mm. Or you can surrender to it and let it have you. And, mm. and therein does lie that you see, you see yourself who you really are. This like mm. self-effulgent, like a sun shining that lacks mm. for nothing. That is, um, you know, unbelievably joyful. It's the source of joy itself. Mm. Right. So this is always, and it's like you said, it's not over after three months that you, it goes on and on. I'm only 12 years now into, into motherhood, but, uh, it does challenge you in ways that you never would expect. And it, the, the punchline is always the same. If you want to get past this, drop your ego. <laughs> right? Hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking about, as you were talking about, this kind of non-resistance, right? That you, mm -hmm. you um, allowed that ego to die, mm -hmm. you know, which I think is actually part of the birthing process is that we're allowing this um, aspect of ourself that we've attached ourselves to this identity as the quote maiden, you know, yes. the, the one without the child, yeah. you know, and we're through the, the process of birth itself and into this postpartum period, you know, we're allowing that part of ourselves to die. And mm -hmm. you know what? It doesn't want to die. That's right. Yeah, exactly. We fight it. And you know, mm -hmm. I'm thinking of, my third birth experience, which I wrote about in my book, um, in which I didn't let it die mm. when I was so sick in the postpartum period, which you actually came to administer some um, herbs and medicines for me. Yes, remember. Um, I fought that. Mm. I couldn't surrender into mm -hmm. it. My fear was so great. Mm -hmm. My fear of dying was so great. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. Now, since then, I've gone in to have other experiences of being able to um, surrender into that space that you're talking about. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, I, that opportunity, that time for me, it, it wasn't the time. It didn't happen. But that's okay, you know. So we, yeah, totally. we can be on that edge. And just like you said, sometimes we can surrender into it and let that ego go and just be present. And sometimes we fight it. And we fight it hard. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like a luxury to have an ego. You know, that it's, it, it's only, it only happens with people who have time, people who mm -hmm. have resources. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when you've got, like after your third child, you're sort of established as a mother and you've got uh, some family and some community and, and friends. You've got the luxury of allowing that ego to come up because it's not, mm -hmm. it's not something that we can just suppress and then and then actually like feel oh yeah the job's done I'm I'm egoless or I'm free here it's just suppressed and mm. and that's what a lot of you know the the early years of motherhood is all about suppression we suppress whatever trauma we went through in that birth mm. you have mm. you have to because you're you're in like almost crisis mode you have to keep going it's mm -hmm. not until you're out of that, that all of that mm -hmm. stuff can come up and, uh, and come up mm -hmm. for healing so that you mm -hmm. can truly be free. So it makes perfect sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's very well said. 
um, that we're usually not prepared to do any of that healing work when we're in survival crisis mode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So you were just doing it real time, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so going back to all of these beautiful lessons that you've been learning and, you know, what we're talking about here is, you know, really the spiritual path of motherhood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or motherhood as a spiritual path or awakening. Right. And that's, that is the big theme of my life that, uh, you know, now, now full time, I ended up uh, getting into being a business coach and helping women to turn their life purpose and their calling into businesses. And it's exactly that same theme that you're talking about, where no matter what we're going through in, you know, if you could say 3D, the, the, the physical world, the quote unquote, real world, it can all be used for the spiritual journey. So, you know, that's, that's now how I teach business that it's, yeah, you, of course you want your business to, to make money. It's like your child, by the way, it's definitely like another child as I, I know, you know, now, <laughs> and, uh, and it's going to call you to more, honestly, there's, there's, uh, you know, nobody more egoless than an entrepreneur that has to face rejection day after day. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> right <laughs> and it's the same with mothering like I hate you mummy I'm like oh <laughs> yeah well what are you going to do with that are you going to go into bitterness and hate them back or are you just going to be egoless and go yeah I don't even really exist at the place you're hating me so give me a hug mm. and let's call it a day mm. you know mm. so so that's to me like the ongoing theme that no matter what you're going through even if you're going for groceries or you're you know whatever you're you're doing you're actually on your spiritual journey because especially when you look out at the madness that's occurring in this world right now, never mind like the internal world and what women are going through with their babies and their mothering, mm-hmm. um, the mess that's happening on this earth, you could easily just like lay down. Some people are, are just going to party it away, get as drunk as they can so they, they don't notice it. Uh, but another way to do it is actually to just wake up, see it for what it is and let it kill you. (laughs) I hope your listeners aren't mortified now, (laughs) but like, let it, let it, right. Like, let it, let it, like slay you. Like that idea of being slayed (laughs) by the atrocities, right? Like it's just so much that you're just laying it all down. That's it. That's it. Exactly. And so you either like lay down into bitterness and apathy or you lay down into the truth of who you are, which is that like ever effulgent son of a soul. That's the, the true reality. So, you know, that's, if you, if you have that in your mind as you're raising your children, that that's the purpose is to evolve your soul so that when you leave this earth, you can look back and say, I, you know, made progress on this mission, whatever I agreed about my life, what the purpose of it is, I, I got on a path. Maybe I didn't, mm. didn't complete, right? I, I have a feeling I've been working many incarnations on this mission, what I'm up to. Mm. Mm. Uh, but I, I don't want to look back and have that regret that I avoided my calling. Mm. You know, one of the conversations I have with moms is this idea of needing to find meaning in motherhood Mm, very nice Mm -hmm. and I'm you know so what I'm hearing you say is that for you the meaning in motherhood is that it's a path of awakening exactly 
Exactly. And I'm wondering if there's anything else that, you know, you would like to say about that. Yeah, particularly there was uh, a time not that long ago, maybe there, like there were certain things between my, my, me and my son that were ongoing and kind of escalated about two years ago. And uh, he actually moved out. He decided, I'm going to live with my dad. This is it. You know, there were just um, on the surface, there was values in the different households that he couldn't reconcile. And he could kind of have whatever he wanted at his dad's. And I had lots of boundaries. So that was on the surface. Mm-hmm. But underneath that was a much deeper narrative going on between our two souls. And, mm. and it pushed me to this place of feeling like, oh, my God, I'm losing my child, not only to uh, his dad, who is, you know, we actually have a really good working relationship and sometimes even friendship. So it's not it's not a, it's not a problem. But on the value side, it is. And then mm. also the giving up of the child to the system. This is something I like to talk about, too. But, the, you know, this, this conflict erupted to a point where it, it pushed me up against my own shit. See if I can say that on your podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was actually really fortunate. You introduced me to Gabor Mate, the, his mm. work. I remember way back when, when you came back mm. from his, uh, you know, Hold On To Your Kids workshop. And next thing you know, Gabor is coming through town. And I just went ding and signed up for his workshop. He gave that exact same talk on the first night, there's mm. 2000 people in the audience. I'm in the front row and I just put my hand up like, I need some help here. Mm. Uh, so I was this his compassionate inquiry conference? Um, or was it was this on trauma? On to- it was on trauma. Wow. And then and then he did a special first night specifically on hold on to your kids. Amazing. Yeah, it was the miracle timing. I've always had that miracle timing of <laughs> things coming through. <laughs> And so he gave me like the world's best advice that I'll pass on to your listeners right now. It was, it was life changing. I just wrote him to tell him and uh, he was really glad to hear uh, according to his assistant anyway. And so he, you know, he he said that basically on this, you know, he he asked me, is everything okay between you? Is it just a matter of he gets the unlimited video games that it's at? And I just said like, no, actually there is conflict. And so in short, his answer was that in order to create attachment, which is what we need in order to have Mm -hmm. any influence over our kids for them to follow us or listen to us or, you know, be interested in in the way we want to guide them Mm -hmm. is he said, there's nothing so attractive as a happy parent. Hmm. And it was just like this boom (laughs) went off like this reverberation kind of thing. And, And it suddenly made this impossible situation Uh, very clear on exactly what I needed to do and it was not to try to change uh, my kid not to try to change his dad not to fight against the system that was creating some of these troubles but to work on my own happiness which is Hmm. you know I I'm I am actually a pretty happy person I've got the luxury of uh, being totally you know self-employed I do what I want all day long uh, I, I own, honestly, it's weird. It's like, <laughs> I, can, I can relate. Nice. Nice. You know, I get to work with only women I love and adore. I only do the projects that I love. I only work when I'm inspired. It's nuts. And so I'm a pretty happy person. Uh, but when it came to parenting, I had not been a happy person. I was, as you know, uh, mm. under such stress, it always felt like I was trying to save somebody from death, whether it was me or my kid. Mm. 
Oh, beautiful. You're talking about a deep imprint here. Mm, exactly. Exactly. So then I went full time to work on this. Okay. Ha- being a happy parent. What does that look like? What does it feel like? And things began to slowly shift to a point where in these uh, last couple of months now, it's a hundred percent turnaround, hundred percent where my kid is uh, talking to me. He's trusting me. He's telling me about problems that he's having He's letting me give him advice. He's letting me give him supplements and good food. Um, mm. You know, he, he said he wanted to live with me some of the time, which is the video games still have much greater gravity than uh, I could even uh, mm. have imagined was going to be the case. But, uh, but, you know, things are so turned around now that it was just mm. like a miracle of, of, of that advice to, to just work on your own happiness and stop trying to change everybody else. Well, amazing. And so can I ask, do you have no video games in your home? Uh, no, I, I, uh, no, I mean, I actually bought him an iPhone so that him and I can be connected. So he's got, yeah. he's got his phone. Okay. And uh, there are times like if he wants to come for a sleepover, I'll say like, bring that Xbox over, no problem. Just, you know, because I, mm. I had to come to that place of surrendering because if I just fight against mm-hmm. and have a zero mm-hmm. tolerance thing then it creates a, a wall of of uh, you know me trying to control Res- him mm-hmm. and resistance mm-hmm. yeah totally yeah I mean that's a whole other conversation technology and our kids yes um, yeah yeah I was just um, imagining that you know there was none at mom's and everything at dad's I could just imagine the tension and the friction that you were up against and so yeah and that's how it was yeah and I don't Mm -hmm. I don't have a tv it's like Mm -hmm. I I have a pretty different life I I don't uh, go to movies Mm -hmm. I don't take in entertainment I consider to be hypnotic propaganda and brainwash is what's going on there. I've got enough entertainment in my own body and my own mind. <laughs> like it's really crazy stuff in there. <laughs> it's far more fascinating and interesting to spend time with. <laughs> you get the comedy, you get the horror, you get the, right? Like you got right? all the genres. <laughs> like really we could just sit back with our own remote control and be like, huh, what movie do I want to watch today? Yep. You got it. And never mind creating, right? Because this is another thing that I'm on a huge mission with that not, not the only one by any means, but we're, we're such a society of consumption. And then the kids, of course, are all so tuned into that. They're like little hungry ghosts. And so I want to make a life of like, sure, I, I still consume uh, some stuff that I consider to be, you know, useful or knowledgeable or, or like actually brings enlightenment or joy, whatever it is. But I want to set my sights on being a creator hmm. because that, hmm. that's how we really evolve. As, as I know, you know, have, you know, you've got into major creative mode and uh, written your hmm. book. Oh, my God, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I just had my 50th birthday and I promised myself. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, I know. Amazing. What? I know. I know. And I, I promised myself when I'm 50, I'm going to write my book. Yeah. And well, it's it's written. It is written. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah I mean all you need to do even transcribing probably every single podcast you've ever been on and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know collecting and gathering everything you've ever written I know it's written you're right actually there there has been a ton of writing as as soon as I decided that last year I I started on a massive writing binge and and it is a Mm. it is a matter of getting it together and uh 
And I had one more major breakthrough, if I could share this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, and then and then we can um, bring our time together, like bring it to a close. But please. Sure. Yes. Sure. So when it comes to evolving the soul and being egoless and moving towards this freedom on a slave planet, then what I there was a, a big piece of the puzzle because what I discovered on my deathbed and through all of my adverse experiences and uh, through motherhood and all of this kind of thing is that we definitely do have a specific purpose, excuse me, purpose on earth. <laughs> hmm. And that for most people or many people, it's, and I, and I teach women to build a, a business from that, right? It's not selling widgets, hmm. it's their heart and their soul. And it can be extremely mystifying that they're like, we're walking around in a fog because we haven't had most of our time. We've been either slaving in school or slaving at jobs or even slaving at our own business. Mm-hmm. And we don't have that inward time to see who actually am I? What am I made of? What am I, you know, uh, I work with archetypes to get to the bottom of that. And mm. my mother passed away on uh, New Year's Eve last year. So not quite a year ago. And that was, of mm. course, you know, if you've had a parent die, which I, I believe you have, right? When you were very mm-hmm. young. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then so, you know, the rug really gets pulled out from underneath you. And mm-hmm. I came out of it very lost, very like, you know, released and open and egoless, but still pretty lost as to where I was going to fit in the world again. And, you know, what am I Mm. doing here on this planet? Mm. Mm. And what the revelation that came through at that time, the big gift and the inspiration was seeing how the life purpose really is a journey. This might not be news to you or or to everybody, but we kind of Mm -hmm. think of it in, in this static context where it's a thing, and it's not a thing at all. It's not a noun. It's a movement. It's a like a mm-hmm. like a continuous evolution that will look different, uh, maybe from year to year or even day to day. But you're gonna you're gonna start to look at the themes and the the ways that you know. Here's a great thing for mums to hear also because when you have a victory in a certain area and you go like woohoo and you know you just like oh I'm so great I that's all behind me now and then you know a couple of years later boom there you are in what seems to be the very same situation or same problem with all the same feelings mm-hmm. and this was the revelation to me is that we're on this journey and it it doesn't just come full circle it spirals this one right and mm-hmm. and as long as we're mm-hmm. continuously raising our energy and that's how I use archetypes to to help map out that process Hmm. then like sure you're going to hit a similar thing but if you really look in you're going to see okay I'm at a new level of energy I'm facing this Hmm. problem from a new place and I don't have to beat myself up thinking I was supposed to be over this already Hmm. yes so Hmm. that was that was huge for me to just see and really tap into that hero's journey that archetypal journey that Joseph Campbell revealed because it's because mm-hmm. I saw like I, you know, I, I the archetype saved my life literally. That was the difference between me living and dying. That I was able to reclaim the energy that I was using to suppress mm-hmm. important parts of myself. And when I saw the journey mm-hmm. itself is archetypal, when I took that in, because I knew I've known it intellectually for a long time, but I just took it in at right. a more cellular level. And then things really started to fly and the creation that came up and out of me, it's like, wow, I can, I can teach this. I can, I can uh, show people the, a, a map 
of their life <laughs> you know if it's yeah. it's a it's a specific it's a specific map to it's like really if you want to be a person who makes a difference in the world through living your life purpose and being valued for that that's you know this is the specific map it's not for everybody for mm. every woman out there mm. but uh like this can be easier and and what the the world is trying to confuse us distract us and make us feel like there's nothing but chaos going on out there and mm. it couldn't be further from the truth we're highly ordered yeah right yeah. this is this is what life does it's you look at everything showing up in spirals seashells are in spirals mm, yeah. and sound goes in spirals and you know like there's just so much evidence in the natural world of of these twistings mm -hmm. and turnings and the cycles and it, the seasons the moons right like it's just all in this in this pattern mm -hmm. formation mm -hmm. so uh it's 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 also very simple and elegant right and it's organized and, right yes. you know and it's rigged in our favor yeah yes and so and and i mean so just tying that into our own healing um you know mm -hmm. we're designed to again going back to the beginning of our conversation designed to find our way yes yeah that's the whole and, purpose of the journey and we get in the way and i think today we unpacked a bit of what that we is that ego and everything that that ego contains mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know our identities our stories our feelings our perceptions our experiences our history the evidence everything to make that so real yes yeah exactly and, um you know, when I hear you speak about archetypes and, and this heroic journey and, you know, I just keep wanting to implant the word motherhood, mm, like, you know, so, mm -hmm. so motherhood journey and absolutely you know, heroic, <laughs> absolutely heroic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just that, that it is um, continuously unfolding. That's right. That's right. Because, because yeah. nature has only one imperative to grow. Hmm. so that's what it does it, it, it yeah you you nailed it it's a continuous hmm. unfoldment absolutely and that's the beauty of it too that we can rely on that that today you know mm -hmm. today's one day and tomorrow's going to be a new unfoldment hmm. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. beautiful mm -hmm. um so i i know we could probably continue talking and i think that this um, conversation that we've had is just beautifully um, not only inspiring in terms of, um, you know, the, the, just understanding the lived experience of resilience. Mm. Mm. Um, and that, you know, like yourself having experienced adversity and um, situations and circumstances that could be perceived as trauma. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how you're using your story, how you're using these really hard moments and you're weaving it into the tapestry of your life and you're cultivating meaning and more and more presence and you're showing up. Mm. And I think we need more of those stories. Mm. Thank you. Wow, beautiful reflection. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I do know that um, you do offer a few um, opportunities to dive deeper into exploration with you and so just maybe you want to let our listeners know if there's anything up and coming or ways in which that they could connect with you yeah absolutely what i thought would be the most appropriate with uh, this audience is a training that i did last friday 
on my 50th birthday, by the way, that's now a, a mm. recording that's, that's accessible and is totally free on the nature child archetype. So when we talked about like the force of life and that connection to ourself as mothers and the, you know, the vulnerability that motherhood brings about, that's like an excruciating experience to see how vulnerable life actually is or not the life yeah. is, but you know, that we are <laughs> yeah. our existence in it. Uh, yeah. So it's a, it's a training on the nature child archetype that lets you get into an elemental process that I call archetype alchemy. And it's, you know, a way to start moving faster through the energy of an archetype to see both its shadow, to see its light and how it operates on in the process of alchemy, which is, you know, a whole other discussion. So I won't go super deep into it, but it's basically about transforming, taking, taking an inspiration all the way through to something that you can see, touch, hear, feel, taste. That's like an, an actual creation in your life, whether that's in your in your mothering, or maybe you have an idea about uh, having a self-employed life so you don't have to take your kid to daycare every day, for example, is one, one uh, possibility. Not that I hold it against anyone who did or does. Mm -hmm. um, but this training is a beautiful way to just start accessing a bigger-than-you force that is, like, like Jen said, highly organized and, organized and ordered and, uh, and and predictable. So that's why I've been using the word map a lot, that it's the, it's the first leg of what I call the Merpreneur's journey, that we start in this innocence. And we start with this, you know, before we're born, we can't even tell the difference between ourselves, even from like nine months after, you can't tell the difference between yourself and your mother, right? There's zero separation. Mm -hmm. and that's true and that's how we are with nature and we have to we have to come to that point of separation we actually have to go through a kind of betrayal and and wake up to that pain of separation so that we can begin the journey back to oneness with it mm. <laughs> the hero's mm -hmm. journey it's like you know what what a design that it <laughs> that it is but uh so mm. that it's the beginning of the journey and if if you're at a position, if your listeners are in a position of wanting to start new or start fresh with just like a new attitude, a new outlook, a new life, a new address, a new business, whatever, whatever it is, this is a really, really great place to start. Um, to Sorry there, we got interrupted. Okay, no worries. Yeah, yeah. So if, if, our, if our listeners are um, at a place, you were saying, for, new, for newness. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, uh, and so if you'd like to take me up on the training, then uh, you can go to um, just uh, Google, type in Beth Martins, B-E-T-H-M-A-R-T-E-N-S, and then Nature Child Archetype, and, and it will take you to a page that is uh, a direct sign up and you get instant access to listening to the, um, the audio that's almost, I think, just over an hour long, maybe 75 minutes is what it turned into. That's fantastic. And I'll also put that link in the description of this podcast. For those of you who didn't get some time to write that down, you can just click on it in the descriptor of this podcast. Okay, that's great. And if you don't mind me saying that, if, you've, if you, you're hearing this and you're going like, yeah, I want to get on my whole journey to be valued for my life purpose, mm -hmm. then there's an eight-week course that's coming up in the, uh, starting in January in the new year. So that's also connected to it, just in case you want to ask me about it at my website, bethmartins.com. You can shoot me a note and uh, just let me know where you're at, and I'm happy to connect with you mm. about it. Wonderful. I'm so glad that you're out there and you're offering these services. Mm, thank you.
Yeah. So um, I just want to thank you for coming on the show. It really was a pleasure chatting with you and catching up and feeling into our experiences, like really feeling into the lived experience of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really appreciate you going there today. And um, for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, this is Jennifer Sommerfeld from Healing After Birth and um, the author and creator of the Healing After Birth program. And so if you want to learn more about what it is that I offer, you can check that out at jennifersommerfeld.com.